podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. to speak of. Some of them uh, may not get as many uh, minutes and Liam Shaw is one of them because uh, we're going to kick off part two by speaking about Liam Shaw, another what I would describe as a project signing, a legacy signing. It was lined up prior to Ange Postacoglu coming to the club. I was informed that he was something of, in terms of style, something of a Joe Ledley type who could work, Mm -hmm. work from box to box. Um, and we've not really seen him. In fact, we've not seen him at all competitively. He's uh, warmed the bench for the Europa League. Um, is he a player that you think, get him get him loaned out, Colin, get him loaned out in January, get him some games? Yeah, but he's got to go out and loan Scotland. There's no point sending him back down south again because you're going to try and integrate him into the style of Scottish football. I would imagine that's the reason why he's not been playing so far is you're trusting players that have got more experience of playing the Scottish game. And I know people will say, well, James McCarthy came up, but James McCarthy played Scottish football before. He knows what's expected of him when he comes up here. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to put Shaw out to maybe a, a I don't know, with kind of teams in like the lower half of the league, maybe a, a Ross County or a St Mirren, um, someone along those lines, where he's got the chance that if he makes a mistake, then it's not going to be the worst thing in the world but he can also learn from it. And that's what happened when Ayer went to Kilmarnock. You saw that when he made the mistakes, he grew from it and he became a better player. And as soon as he came back into that Celtic team, he was raring to go. So for me, it should be a loan out in the second half of the season. Yeah, I I don't disagree. And there's no way we can rate Liam Shaw or Gidi because we've never played. Um, But we can look at James McCarthy. Mm -hmm. Just mentioned him there. He knows the game well. He went away down after his time at Halton. There's an example of a player we should have snapped up in his uh, formative kind of years. Um, We should have signed him from Halton, absolutely no doubt about it. He goes away down south. He gets a wealth of experience with Wigan and Everton and Crystal Palace. International experience. Yes, he's had his injury troubles, but he comes up at the age of 30. And he looks custom-built for that number six position to play alongside Callum McGregor. Yet it hasn't really worked out so far, Colin. What's your thoughts? I'm not really surprised at that, to be honest, considering his, his sort of injury history. Now, people said, well, he played something like 20-odd games for uh, Crystal Palace last year. 
that's all right, but a lot of them were coming off the bench. It was the sort of 10, 15 minute appearances here and there, I think, and totally played just under a thousand minutes for Crystal Palace last year, um, which isn't a lot of football. Um, it's less than 11, just over 11 full games. So you're, you're saying that he's not kind of, he shouldn't be up, not up to the standard, but he's not playing the games week in, week out. We're then throwing him in, we're giving him 15 minutes to try and get in here, 30 minutes to get in there. <sighs> I thought his best performance of the season was probably the game against Rafe. And I think that's when he was finally sort of starting to get up to speed. That pass through for uh, the first goal that Jota scored was, it just shows the class that he's got. Mm -hmm. But then you see the performances like he had against Livingston, and you're saying, is that player still there? So now that he's sort of back in amongst the squad, he's fit, I would like to think that he's the long-term replacement as the number six role the sort of defensive midfielder and it would allow um, McGregor to make that step forward and do the box-to-box number eight where I think he's at his best. But if he's not going to put the performances in, then you're looking at it again to say, well, Nier Beaton stepped in and done a job the other week against Aberdeen. He did. He did. So, Sorrow, to me, just hasn't done it for Celtic this season. Another one that should probably go out on loan is what? James McAfee's 30 now. We've gave him a four-year deal, which... Mm. Is when you look at his injury history to give someone like that a four-year deal, you're trying to work out the kind of ins and outs of that because that doesn't add up to make any sort of sense. But if he can even just add that experience and guide the players coming through, he'll be a valuable addition to the squad over that time. I'm looking at uh, the performances you've mentioned and I think Livingston, yeah, he had a poor game, but mm. Celtic, Celtic as a whole were poor. And you're looking at him with his experience maybe to grab that game by the scruffy at Snake, yeah. and he, he didn't do it. So, yeah, absolutely. Bad day at the office. Can we put it down to poor fitness? Possibly at that stage. You're hoping that he's getting fitter, but that's possibly poor fitness. Then the Dundee United game, Colin. And he's basically, he, he gets two really, really hard and poor tackles, dirty tackles, that ends his involvement in that game. So then you think, well, that's kind of unlucky. Rafe Overs game, yeah, I, I thought he, he came onto a game. I know it's championship opposition, etc. No disrespect to Rafe Rovers, but um, I'm still going to reserve judgment on James McCarthy. I, I do mm-hmm. think that he can, he can maybe in the, in the next couple of months, uh, leading up to January, I think he can come into his own, and I think he can be an important player this season for us. Definitely, when you look at it, and Celtic's going to have three games in a week at stages throughout this uh, sort of period. You do need to look to the bench and you do need to look to your squad and having a guy like James McCarthy should be the ideal thing where you say, I need to rest this player so in comes James McCarthy. I need to give this guy a break, James McCarthy can step in. And we've not had enough of that this season. When you look at it, we've been playing the same sort of 13, 14 players just because we've not been able to either trust or risk putting players like that into the squad or they've just not been available because of injury. So if you can get him up and fully fit, it's a great addition to have. When you look at him and the other two players you mentioned in Beaton and Sorrow, are you happy that we've got the cover in that position, Colin, or would you be looking elsewhere come January? I think Sorrow's probably someone who needs to go out on loan. Beaton, I just don't know how much you can rely on him. He was good against Aberdeen, but he's shown it time and time again that he can let Celtic down, uh, especially when they need him the most. It's coming up for 10 years that Nier Beton's nearly been at Celtic and I think he's been at the same level for the last 10 years. So 
if you're wanting to develop as a squad, you've got to probably look at something else and you've probably got to look at someone who can come in and be that step up. And if you've got a direct competitor between McCarthy and a new signing that you bring in, then that's only going to bring the best out of the two of them. Mm. Um, again, give us a wee, a wee grade and give us a marking for, for McCarthy. I'd say McCarthy so far is five and a half out of ten. Just above Starfelt. That's fair enough. And um, obviously we have strengthened in the middle of the park with Liam Shaw and James McCarthy. We've also strengthened out wide. This is where it might get a wee bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so out on the right, we've got Leo Labada, who we signed from Macaba. Peta um, Tikwa, who I think, uh, you know, Neil Lennon's particularly fond of that club. Uh, <laughs> so Abada, um, what's your thoughts been on Abada? I think it's incredible when you think that Abada's only 19. He's, he's, 20. he's 20. Oh, sorry, he's 20 now, but he, he was 19 um, for the most part of the, the season so far. Uh, he came in and he made that instant impact right away, and you're thinking, mm-hmm. right, we've actually got someone here. Uh, and when he's on fire, he's brilliant, he's absolutely superb, and there's other times where he is off the boil and he's maybe a man down, but it's just about getting the ball to him, and I don't think he ever stops. I think if you give him the chance, he'll go again and again and again and again. And what I like about both him and Jota is they're players who, although they're out wide, they want to come in and they want to beat their man at the post so that they can get on to the end of balls. And that's something we've not seen the likes of James Forrest doing for Celtic. It's not something that we've saw um, any of our other wingers that we've had over the last sort of four or five years do. And it's a different option and it sort of it keeps the defence guessing as to what to do. And I think he is someone that we've spoke about in this uh, programme already that's shown talent. And if with the right coach, he can get from this level to the next level. And when he gets to that next level, that's when Celtic's got to... Um, tie him down otherwise we're going to lose him for uh, small money you've got to just keep him keep that what is he on a five year deal did they sign four year deal five year deal I'll double check just while you're talking there but I, th- I think it's a good point because he's already spoken about his ambition to play in English football which I never like hearing a Celtic player talking about an ambition to play elsewhere I understand that many of them have that ambition but I wouldn't expect them to be saying it when they're being interviewed and I remember the last player saying that was uh, Mo Bangura so hopefully Leela Bada will have a better Celtic career than um, than Bangura so his contract runs until 2026 Leela Bada's contract runs until 2026 so we've got him on a so- five year deal even even like maybe a year or two down the line is someone you're wanting to add another couple of years onto his deal just so that if the teams do come sniffing for him um, and he does get that move down south that he's sort of I mean I don't blame him when you're growing up in a country like that and it's the English games that are on TV week in and week out it's obvious that you're going to develop a liking to a Manchester United or a, an Arsenal or a Chelsea maybe not Arsenal, they're not a big team anymore or a Bournemouth um, or, well, or a Bournemouth. You could be a Bournemouth fan all your life. Um, but these, these games we, are getting... We probably sell that to them. We sell that to these players. Use us as a platform to get to England. I get all that, but I just don't like hearing players saying it no, about it's, Celtic players. It's not, it's not great to hear, but when you look at it, it's a, a kind of shame on Scottish football. That's the way it is. When you look at it, when you go abroad, and Israel is the example here, but if you go to Australia, if you go to America, if you go to China, if you go to Africa, these continents and these countries 
they're being shown the English Premier League week in and week out. They're getting it kind of brainwashed into them that this is the best league in the world and this is the teams that you want to support. This is the team you want to spend your money on. This is the team that if you're a kid, you want to be playing for a Manchester United, a Liverpool, a Man City, maybe even a Newcastle now that they've just been bought over. Scottish game doesn't sell itself. No, no, absolutely not. You know, So there's, you're never going to find someone playing over in Israel or playing in um, Russia or um, playing in Mexico that goes, I want to play and I want to be the next James Forrest. Because it's, you don't see the Scottish game. We, we do it with Celtic TV, but that's only so far. The league itself sells itself short. So when you see team guys like Leila Bada coming in saying, I moved to Celtic because it's in the UK and because I've got the chance to make that step up to play for a Liverpool or a Manchester United, the same way as Virgil van Dijk did. That's on the Scottish League. It is. Celtic give them the pathway. Uh, 100% agree with that. Um, when I'm looking at the right side of the park, um, I want Forrest to get back ASAP, but concerned at how long he's been out again. Colin. Um, the third choice now is young Dembele, who again had a terrible tackle um, and injury against uh, Bristol, wasn't it? Bristol City. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're hoping that both those players come back, but when they do, who's your first choice? Getting a wee bit of, getting a wee bit of static on your, your uh, mic there, Colin. Oh, sorry. Um, who's your first choice when everybody's firing on all cylinders? I'm a big fan of James Forrest, a real big fan of James Forrest. Um, I think his contribution over the last sort of three or four years has been outstanding. Um, we missed him desperately last season, and when he came back in, you saw exactly what you were missing. Abad has got his name on the jersey now. Do you take it off him? Oh, that's such a hard one. I think I think Angel stick with Abada. I wouldn't be surprised if Forrest came in though. And again, having that competition for position isn't a bad thing. Um, if it was me, I'd play Forrest just because he's got the experience. But I think the way that Anne sets out to play football, he'll stick with Leila Bader. Mm. And again, he is adaptable. He can play through the centre. He can play on the left. Um, him and Yota, who we're going to speak about now, can switch. So it's great to have the options. Uh, but we will see once Forrest comes back as to who is the first pick on the right-hand side. Um, Yota, fans' favourite already. Um, he, he's come in, for me, and he just looks the real deal. He looks like a, a really class player. And I'm delighted that, although we've got him on a, a loan, there is a buy uh, a buyout option of six and a half million quid, mm-hmm. uh, approximately. We brought him in from Benfica. He spoke so fondly of Celtic, having watched Celtic as a Benfica fan when we went over there and he went home with a Celtic scarf. Uh, he's got the skills. I don't think he's got the defensive qualities that uh, Ange kind of demands of his wide players, but they may that might come. Um, and, yeah, I think he has been one of the picks of the, the buy so far this season. Colin, what's your thoughts? Uh, I don't even need to speak. You and Boy Martin comes in here to say Jota plays better on the right, and that's... What I've noticed from Jota so far this season, some of his best performances have been on the right-hand side, so it then sort of puts that discussion we were just having about Abada and Forrest. You throw Jota in there as well. Um, I, I think he's he's been a, a good addition. Again, at times he can come across as a luxury player when you're needing the team to dig in. Um, sometimes it, it can be very wasteful on the ball, 
but he's got that talent and he's shown it a couple of times already where he's come in and he's scudded the bar from 25-30 yards out and you're just thinking one of those times it's going to go in and it's going to kickstart his Celtic career it's going to be that sort of goal do you remember when Ryan Christie came off the bench at Murrayfield in the League Cup semi-final and he curled one into the top corner that's the moment that Jota needs to get him in to being a consistent player week in and week out for Celtic. He just needs that one moment. He's trying so hard right now. Um, and you saw the, his goal that he got up at Patoji was brilliant. He was in the right position. As I was saying, someone that's cutting in across the defender to get there. But he's going to become one of these players where um, defenders are going to know how to play against them because he naturally wants to come in beat his man and put that shot on target. And unless he gets one soon, I think his confidence could slip. So as much as he's been a good signing so far, I just need him to get that goal and that wee run just to get him on that bit of momentum. Otherwise, I would be looking at playing him on the right-hand side. And if you do that, I just think it's difficult because we're not as... Um, we don't have such a wealth of talent on the left-hand side, do we? As, no. as we do on the right when everybody's fit. Uh, how would you rate him so far? I'd say he's a a six and a half or seven out of ten so far. Yota, yeah, I'd give him. A, th- I'd give him a higher rating. I think there's still a lot of room for improvement with him. Um, I think over the last couple of games he certainly went up, but there's been sometimes I've I've looked at him and I've just seen him sort of shirk out of um, the game. Uh, his best performance for me has definitely been away to Betis mm-hmm. um, when he was on that right hand side. I thought he was dragging them all yeah. over the shop. Um, and I think also that Yota is the sort of player that will thrive playing alongside Kyogo because he's always someone that's going to make that run for him so he can play the pass. Albin Ayeti was never going to be that player for him. So I'd like to see the effect of playing alongside Kyogo as a, a long as a sorry, as opposed to playing alongside Albin Ayeti. We've got two players to go, Colin. We'll start with uh, Yakamakis, um, who obviously comes from Heraklion. Um, which is the same village that Samaras comes from. Yes. And we signed him as the top goal scorer in the top division of the Netherlands for a team who was relegated. So we know that he's a prolific goal scorer. We've heard all the, the tales of some of his goals coming from the pen spot. We've had an opportunity to see him once, and that was against uh, Bayer Leverkusen, where he's come on and offered a different option up front. It's going to be difficult for us to to rate him. I find it absurd that at this stage of the season, a month and a half after we've signed him, he's still not fit. Yeah, that's the whole thing about not having the pre-season, isn't it? The fact that, for me, surely if you know that you're going to be moving on, you just at least get involved in pre-season. You don't maybe go 100% in there and risk yourself getting injured, but at least keep yourself fit so that you know that when you come over to the next team that you're going to move to, that you can start getting the game time and start playing. Look at Edward. I mean, he played in, and a lot of people will say, look, he barely put a shift in for us this season. But as soon as he's went down there, he came on and made an impact right away. And he's bought himself that time to get himself up to standard because he got the two goals against Spurs. You're looking for a player like that to come in and make an impact right away, especially when we've lost someone like Kyogo Furuhashi. Uh, we've been playing Albin Ayeti, who wasn't exactly up to standard. If Yakamatis could have got himself 15, 20 minutes and scored a goal or two, suddenly the Celtic fans are excited to see him. 
And if he's looking to get himself up to fitness, then we're giving him that benefit of the doubt. But at the minute, it's like you just kind of worry that if he isn't up to f- sort of fitness by now in October, there's been a reoccurring few of Celtic strikers not being up there, and you just hope it's not another one again. Well, you know, when I'm I'm looking at uh, Yakamakis and the fitness issue, you're looking at uh, McCarthy in the same vein. We've brought in two players who don't hit the ground running. Uh, you mentioned Edward there. I watched him against Leicester, and he looked a lot busier against Leicester than I'd seen him in some time in a Celtic jersey, yeah. incidentally. But it's going to be hard, and I won't expect you to, to rate Yakamakis just yet because he's, he's had a fleeting appearance, and that's it. Um, but I've left possibly the best to last. And before we speak about Kyogo Furuhashi, I'm going to bring up a point being made by you and Boy Martin, who is approving the signings we are making, which are clearly not Ange players. Um, that's interesting. I think it's pretty clear it will be Michael Nicholson that's uh, approving mm-hmm. any signings that are now happening uh, up to the, the final signing. I'm pretty sure it was Don McKay um, who was approving them, uh, which may have been one of the reasons for his departure. Who knows? Uh, last player, Furuhashi. It's so easy to um, get excited about Kyogo Furuhashi because he's not just someone who Celtic fans are gushing over at the minute. There's other fans. I mean, we speak about it on the state of Scottish football. I've even spoke to a couple of Rangers fans who are excited about the prospect of Kyogo Furuhashi playing in Scottish football because they hope that maybe they'll be able to pick up a talent like that as well. I think he's someone who has came in and for me, I thought and maybe it was just a, a poor stereotype in my problem um, and my behalf was that he would be a bit lightweight for this week. league. I thought he'd be someone who would need to take a bit of time to adjust to the league. He'd maybe come in and put 15, 20 minutes in here and there, but he wouldn't be someone who was ready to step in and be Edward's replacement. And so far, I've got to admit that I was wrong because his movement is second to none and it, any sort of lack of physicality that he's got is is sort of made up for and the fact that his movement is incredible. Even when he came back to uh, the game against Leverkusen, now, you're not telling me that he was 100% fit and ready to play that game. You just know that he was desperate to try and get back and get some minutes in. Whether that's to play for Celtic or whether that was so that he could go away with his country over this international break, you saw him, he was in and around the dugout, he was giving everybody the high five, he's sitting in the sands, he was desperate to get back to playing football. Um, but he must have been what 60-70% fit to play that game and he was dragging the, the Bayer Leverkusen defenders left, right everywhere for the first 15-20 minutes He was it was as if he'd never been out injured he just has that intelligence that certain footballers don't have Colin, and give, give him that wee bit of sharpness that 5-10% that extra that he would have had if he was fully fit and he scores two goals yeah, 100% and that's the thing. You've got this level of expectation now with Furuhashi and everybody's sort of cottoned onto it and we're saying, this is the guy that's going to score his 25 goals a season. This is the guy that can take us to the next level. He can bring some of his ex-teammates over here and they're at that level as well. He's the standard that now if we go and sign a, a, another player from the J-League, that's the standard of player that we're expecting that we bring in because Ange knows him, he's seen him, he's played with him before, he's coached him before this is the guy that you want in. And yet, there's still parts of Furuhashi's game that he can improve. I mean, a lot of people don't know uh, or don't speak about the the chances he's missed. 
he missed a, a guilt edge chance against Leverkusen. He's missed chances from a yard or two out um, for Celtic before and this season. There's still a bit of Furuhashi that I think is there for development, and I think you'll see that towards the second half of this season. Once and once Ange gets him fully fit, gets him um, up and running, and I just think if this isn't Furuhashi at his best, what is it going to be like when we do get him up there? Um, in terms of a, a signing overall, I think he's a he's definitely a nine a nine nine slash ten. People will say he's a ten. I just I don't want to call him a ten yet because I want to see the next bit to come from him. Absolutely, I I agree with that, and I don't think that uh, we have seen the best of him. So I mean, for me, uh, I've been hugely impressed by Kyogo Furuhashi, and I think that if you do bring in another. Uh, countryman, um, that that will only benefit him, you know, uh, being mm-hmm. in Scotland, the whole culture of the new country, uh, uh, the, never mind the football landscape, then I think that would definitely benefit him. Because, I mean, you know, Ange Postacoglu never managed him um, no. previously in Japan. So uh, I'm looking forward to at least another uh, player coming in from the J-League uh, in the January transfer window. 12 signings in all. One final question for you, Colin. Who are the priority exits in January? Because I'll give you my three. Okay, uh, you, you give me your three and I'll, I'll think about it. Barkas, mm-hmm. I don't think many people will argue with that. I also think that we need to get rid of a Yeti. Mm-hmm. And I would also offload Sorrow. I'd, I'd struggle to disagree with you. I yeah, think they are the three, but they three need to be replaced. Yeah, it's not just it's not just offloading for the sake of offloading, because the squad is small enough as it is. You need to get players in that are either well. No, let's not say they're of an equal standard because that if they're an equal standard, they're no good to the squad. You need three better players than Barkas, Ayeti, and Sorrow to come in before you even get rid of them. Because if you get rid of them, we're back at this stage again where another couple of injuries and you're saying who is in there to play. At least those players, as much as they weren't great for us, they were an option you could turn to. Ayeti played a couple of games, he got himself a couple of goals, he played fairly well against Betis away, but if he wasn't there, who was there? Are you going to turn down to someone like Joey Dawson, who's playing in the B team? Who else is there? You have to make sure that there's at least one in for one out. We let 15 go and only brought 12 in. Of the 12, 9 or 10 of them were first-team players. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that there's at least one for one in this January transfer window. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Colin. It's been a pleasure. Uh, a, a bit of a two-parter today. And um, hopefully in January we can do it all again. This was a, an impromptu Axon Bulletin, so thanks everybody for getting involved. Uh, you're tuning in on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch, YouTube, and of course, Twitter. If you are watching on YouTube, then make sure that you subscribe. If you aren't, then start watching on YouTube because you can get notified of impromptu uh, broadcasts like the one today. Colin's going to go away and watch Scotland against Israel. I uh, hope you enjoy that. And whatever else you're up to this weekend, everybody who's tuning in, I uh, hope you enjoy your weekend as well. Thank you for joining us on a Celtic State of Mind.
This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.